welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. God spoke this word to me today for King for for uh, Hope City here. Ephesians one chapter, look at this chapter one uh, verse fifteen, and it says, "Therefore I also." After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now, I want you to get this part, that you may know. Somebody say no. Look at this, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and while i was working out today i could not stop thinking about this verse for hope city and i could not stop thinking about this verse for abbotsford how many believe that abbotsford is called to be a city of hope I believe this with all my heart. You know, the, even the word Abbot's Ford, you know, that word Abbot is actually comes from the root word father. Did you know that? And, and Ford means to cross a river. And I feel like there's something even on the name of Abbotsford that it carries the Father's love. It carries the Father's heart. And then I believe in the Father's heart, there is hope. And I believe right now in this season, we need a revival of hope. How many believe that today? And, and, I, and I feel and I was sensing as I was working out, the Lord was really speaking to me. He said, Sammy, it's time for hope to come back to the church again. And I don't know about you, but how many are believing that the old season is done and we're stepping into a new season? And, and, I, and I, can, I sense this even as we're, we're talking here today is that God is looking to restore hope where there's been insecurity of like, God, are we ever going to get out? I feel this today. If I can just speak bold, we are stepping into a new season and the best is yet to come. How many say amen? And so, but I find this fascinating because the person that wrote this is the Apostle Paul. And so when he's speaking about the eyes of your heart being opened, I find that amazing because how many know Paul had a testimony that number one, his first name was Saul, and he was persecuting the church, and the very man that prayed for you and I today, that our eyes would be open, was the very man that was blind. Have you ever thought about that? And I, and I just feel like it's significant for this season. The very man that's saying to you today, God, would you open up their eyes, is the very man that God struck blind. It was the very man that was persecuting the church. He was not your, like, good Christian. Today, he would probably be called a terrorist. And we're, we see this. It's fascinating. The love of God. It's fascinating who God can use. How many know today that you're not too far for God to touch? And I feel like this is a word because, you know, in this season, I, I feel like this, this chapter, Ephesians chapter 1, is so significant. Because, you know, as we started out, I'm going to share some things. I know, I know uh, <laughs> by the way, I've got, my, I've got my truth meter right here. And uh, because how many know your wife today, if you say anything evangelistically speaking, 
your wife will be like, that's not the way the story went. But I'll try to be as thorough as I can be. But how many remember when the pandemic first started? Guys, I was in Taiwan when there was news that there was an outbreak in China. And I'm like, oh, it's not going to be that bad. And then all of a sudden you get to the airport. <laughs> and I'm in Taiwan airport and every flight is red, 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 cancel, 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 cancel. We were one of the last flights. My dad was there. He can attest to this. We were one of the last flights to get out of Taiwan to get back home. And at that moment, I'm like, something's going on. Like, I didn't know what it was. I thought, you know what, maybe it's going to be like a two-week thing, a three-week thing. Was anybody like that? You're like, you know, you're the positive person. You know, I'm like the tigger in the relationship. It's going to be over in like a month. All of a sudden, I get home. They're like, lockdown. And I'm like, what? I don't even know. What is a lockdown? I'm like, lockdown? What does that even mean? I would never experience anything like this. And I remember all of a sudden, they're like, lockdown. You can't go to church, you can't do this, you can't fly, you can't travel, you can't go anywhere. And I'm an itinerant speaker. I'm in ministry, I travel. My whole schedule, I had eight months of amazing schedule. Like, Jen, I got to be with all my friends in a moment. Canceled. Have you ever just been like, God, this is not fair. I don't know about you, maybe you're really good Christians, but like for me, I was so mad. Have you ever like, thought you were pr praying, but you're actually complaining. And you're just like, and so in my house, we have like a little island in my kitchen and I'm trying to be all holy. I'm like, God, this isn't fair. This sucks. I don't like this. Why is this going on? Why are people being so crazy? Come on, what's happening? My whole schedule. And I'm doing this for like 30 minutes. And I think I'm praying that my wife comes over and looks at me. Again, your wife is the good looking voice of the Holy Spirit, man. And she looks at me and says, Sammy, what are you doing? How many know when your wife doesn't know what you're doing, you're probably in trouble? <laughs> and so there I am. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm praying. She's like, that's praying? I'm like, oh, God, even now my wife is persecuting me. Lord, help me. Help me. And he, she said something profound to me. She said, Sammy, you have two choices. You can complain or you can create, but you can't do both. And that hit like a rock. I was like, ah, because you know what? In that moment, I really liked complaining because it was the easier thing to do. I really liked having a bad attitude because you know what? I felt like it was someone else. Someone else did this to me. And, and I knew it was the Lord speaking. You have two choices. You can complain about your situation or you can still hope and believe God that the best is yet to come because those who hope will change their future. Good preaching, Sammy. Thank you so much. See, if you want to control your future, you've got to grab a hold of hope. Those who grab a hold of hope can shift a destiny. Those who grab a hold of hope can change their life. Those who live in hope deferred will be living in the same circumstance over and over and over. And in that moment, I had to choose what to do. And there I am. And I looked at my wife and I said, you're telling me to create. What do you want me to do? Because I felt like the only thing that I was good at was being behind a pulpit. Have you ever felt like you're good at one thing and you're proud of that one thing? And you're like, I do that well, and now it's gone. And you're like, what do I do? And she looked at me and she said something. I thought I was ready to say, get behind me in Jesus' name. She said, you're about to go and do ministry online. I'm like, 
you mean like Facebook, like online ministry on Facebook? Like those online preachers, the guys that you never want to be that you used to make fun of all the time when you see them on television because all they do is ask for money? Those guys? And Kristen's like, you need to go online. I'm like, I don't want to go online. I don't want to change. I like what I did. It was fun. I got to travel and go to really cool places and be with amazing people. Now you want me to sit behind a desk and do what? Have you noticed I can't sit, sit still? You want to, like, put me in a spot and just talk to no one. That's, like, my biggest fear. And there, and she's like, you're going to do this. You know what came out of my mouth? I don't want to. And she said, why? Because I don't feel like I have a lot of hope. See, can I tell you this right now? I can engage with people. I can find out where you're at by where your hope level is. See, a lot of times we don't talk about hope, but we get really spiritual. We talk about faith. Oh, I got faith. I got faith. I got faith. But the truth is, I'll ask you, what's your hope? What's your dreams? Because if you've lost your dreams, if you've lost your hope, you're a dead man walking. The Bible says, without vision, my people perish. And I feel like we're in a time right now where there's so many people that they don't know what to do. They've lost hope. They've lost vision. Maybe they've struggled. Maybe they've lost. And they're like, I, I don't know what to do right now. And I believe in society, there's a desperate need for hope. But as a church, we've got to realize it's not about a human hope. It's about the, what the Bible says, Jesus Christ, the hope of glory lives inside of you. For some of us, we got to dig deep in this season. And allow the Lord to change us. Because when you hope, you can embrace your new season. And so I said to her, I said, I don't feel like I have a lot of hope. And then she preached at me in a good way. She said this. She said, Sammy, take the little bit of hope that you do have and give it away. She said, you said all the time that those who sow will reap. She said, start sowing hope. I said, I don't have much. She says, you have an iPhone. She said, start using an iPhone going online on Facebook. Can I tell you what I did, guys? I went into my office all grumpy, sat in my chair, put my phone up. By the way, if you ever watch our very first broadcast, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, we have a broadcast ministry called Voice of Revival. And, uh, and I put this thing out there like this. You know how sad it was? I had no idea what to do. And if you watch our first ones, God bless you because you definitely needed grace. Because when I was doing my first broadcast, I was looking at the wrong side of the camera. The camera's on the left, I'm looking at the right, and I'm over here. I think people thought I was cross-eyed. And I'm looking, and I'm like, and I'm releasing. And I, inside, I just felt like, God, what's the point? But here's the truth. Some of us today, we're looking at, Lord, I feel so far from my destination. But you know what God's saying? I'll give you victory if you take a step. You'll never know your direction until you get the vehicle going. You'll never know the direction until you take a step. How often in life is it when you take the step, even when you don't know what to do? That's why Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Why does it say that? Because there's times in life where you just don't know what to do. And that's okay. And for some of us, we've never heard this before. Because some of us, we've been called, I need to have all my decks in a row. I need to have all my plans. And then we go through a season like this, and we're like, what do I do? And God says, trust in me. And take a step. Because the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. God, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what this season looks like. But I choose to trust you. And I take that step. Because the Bible says after, if you would trust in him with all your heart, 
it says this, he will direct your steps. How many want their steps to be directed by God? Here's the crazy thing. I started going online. I started doing these things when I didn't want to do it. I started going and prophesying hope even when I felt like I had no hope. And it started with 15 people online. And God says, love it like it's 1,000 people. All of a sudden, we went to 20, 30, 50, 100. Next thing you know, we were getting a couple thousand views. We started doing altar calls online. How many have ever heard of altar calls online on a Facebook Live? I'm about to preach the gospel. By the way, there's a seven-second delay between what you hear online and what I'm doing. So I'm releasing things, and I'm like, if you want to accept Jesus, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six. You know what I'm doing inside? Oh, God, help, 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 help. Please let somebody. I remember the first time I did that. I would, you could only see, I have a desk about this high. You couldn't see my legs because I'd be pinching myself. I was so nervous. Why am I sharing this? Because the truth is, if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. He's not a respecter of persons, but he's looking for you to take a step. In a season like this where we don't know what to do, this is the time to take a step. In a season like this where we feel disappointed, in a season like this where we feel like we don't have hope, it's time to move forwards. And here I am, and we released an altar call. All of a sudden, I still remember on the very first altar call, one girl gave her life to Jesus Christ. I was, she's like, yes, Jesus, I want to accept Jesus. I'm like, ah, somebody said yes. It works. How many of the gospel works? Next thing you know, the next day, two people got saved. The next day, five people got saved. Can I tell you something? In a little over a year now, we are on five days a week on Facebook Live, YouTube, Instagram, we have now seen over 1,800 people say yes to Jesus Christ. Out of this, it launched, which was on today, by the way, we have a television show that's on three different networks, Yes TV, which was on today, with Fatine Grisecci, maybe some of you have heard of her before, it's called Praying For You, me and Fatine did a show together, which is on Yes TV, Daystar Canada, and Miracle Channel, and we're seeing people get saved, healed, and delivered. Friends, if I can tell you this right now, it's time to take a step. What are you hoping for? What are you believing for? I know it's hard. And I find it fascinating that the very man again that said, I'm praying that your eyes would be open, that you would know the hope of your calling was the very man that probably felt like he had no calling. He probably didn't feel like he had a lot of hope when he encountered Jesus. The Bible actually says that when he was blinded, by the way, blinded by the Lord. If you thought you had a bad day, I'm just saying, look at Paul. And he was also, the Bible says, waiting in a house for someone to come to him to pray for him. Can I say this right now? Paul in that moment probably felt pretty low. And the very man that had an incredible massive past of killing Christians and probably feeling like he could never do what he did. Can I tell you this right now? God raised up a man that persecuted Christians and he became one of the greatest contributors to the church today. What can God do through you? I believe this with all my heart. God's releasing hope in this season like never before. We need it. It's time to arise with hope. 
You know, I want to end with this. I actually, I want to share a story because actually one of the things the Lord spoke to me was he wanted to break off depression off anybody that's been struggling with mental illness. How many believe today in this season we need miracles in mental health like never before? I, I want to release this word because I believe it's going to happen in the room right now. How many agree with me and say amen? You know, I want to honor somebody that's, she's, I think she's, <laughs> there she is actually, she's with my, my daughter. Uh, my mom, Shirley Robinson. My mom, Shirley, has one of the most amazing testimonies, if I can just share this, because I know she shares this. Um, her mother struggled with mental illness. Every time her mother, my grandmother, would give birth to children, um, she would get a little bit more mentally ill, mentally ill, to the point where when my mom was born, the youngest in her family, she was taken and put into foster care. And she lived in foster care the majority of her life. And at the age of 14, she also struggled with severe mental illness. And she was put into a mentally ill hospital. And uh, can you imagine what that would be like, being put into a place where you are literally told you're not going to get out of this place. You're going to be there for the rest of your life. How many know that there's a generation that feels like they're going to be depressed for the rest of their life and they need hope? I'm going to say amen. And so my mother, at the age of 14 years old, she was picked up in a car with people that she didn't know. She was taken to a, a mentally ill facility. And uh, the doctor there said, said to her, very meanly, she, she said, look, Shirley, look around. This is the last time you'll go outside. My mom was put in a, in a straitjacket at times. She was given things that I, I won't even tell you. It was completely wild. And for six years, she lived in a mentally ill hospital believing God, or sorry, just believing that nobody cared and that, you know, she was going to be in that place for the rest of her life. But can I tell you this right now? How many know we have a God of hope today? At the age of 20 years old, a Baptist minister came. And uh, this is why I believe God wants to move in revival in all churches. How many say amen? Can we just say this for Abbotsford? I, I live here. Like, I still feel BC roots, Abbotsford roots here. I feel like I can say this. We need a move of God in every church. And we got to stop being competitive with each other. And we got to love each other in this season because we're going to need every church in what God wants to do. I, there's not a building big enough for the harvest that God wants to bring in. So God bless every church in this region. And so with this, my mother got to see this Baptist minister who came who believed that we're supposed to visit the sick. And my mom was one of the last people that was there. This minister talked to my mother about Jesus. My mom, I know in that moment, said, God, if you want me, God, I'll, I'll give you my life. Take what I have. And in that moment when she said yes to Jesus, she told me this. She said, Sammy, the presence of Jesus came on my right side, and it stayed with me. And in that moment, I was completely, totally healed of all mental illness. You can talk to my mother, Shirley Robinson, in the back. Completely, totally healed. Come on, somebody. Of mental illness. If you're wondering why I'm so passionate about God today, I have living proof right here. Somebody that was told that she would be a statistic. She was going to be in this place for the rest of her life. She's now, they didn't, you know, when she got touched by God, the staff came over and said to her, like, Shirley, what happened to you? There's something different about you. She, she was coherent. She could talk. The president of the organization came to my mom and said, Shirley, you can't be in this place any longer. We want to do something for you. We're going to give you a job. 
How many know that's wild going from being in that place as a patient to now working for the institution? This is the grace of God, friends. You might feel like you've been in a season where there's been poverty and lack, but by the grace of God, he can take you out of that place and bring you into a completely different season. My mom, when they asked her, they said, you know, surely... Are you going to accept this? She negotiated her contract and basically, can you imagine negotiating your contract after all this? She said, all I want to do though is one thing, pray for those that struggle with mental illness because if God can do it for me, he can do it for them. She's seen so many people heal of mental illness in this last season. And I, I just feel this today. There's those that have been worn down in their mind in this season. When I was praying for you today, I felt this, that God wants to break the chains of depression and oppression off of a generation today. And it's time to hope again. How many say amen? amen. How many want to hope again? And so I want to do something today, first and foremost. And then I, I want to give ample time, like I said. If you need prayer today and you're like, wow, Sammy, I, I'm stirred. I, I, like, I just need encouragement. I'm here for you. I'm going to pray for every single person that's here. I don't care if it takes two hours. I don't, like, it's not going to rain in Jesus' name. I won't say what I was going to say, but we're here for you, and we want to pray with you because the truth is the best is yet to come, and I want to pray for those in this room, and maybe this is for you right now, but you've been like, you're like, Sammy, I've been really struggling with my mental health, this whole lockdown, everything that's going on, and, and please hear me today. I'm not trying to negate mental health. I just know there's one that can change it. And I, I'm never trying to negate people's experiences and their pain because I know pain is very real. But we have a healer today. And the Bible says that Jesus wasn't just the one that healed bodies. He also set the captives free. And I believe today he wants to set captives free of pain in their mind. And if he can do it in my mother, he can do it for you today. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.